Hello Space Croutons listeners, this is Solly, bringing you a very special episode of our show. We have reached the end of season 1 of this quirky new science fiction storytelling podcast and thought you might like to go behind the scenes and meet the creative minds who have brought this crazy world to you for the last year. So fasten your seatbelts, it's time for liftoff. And we're back. Joining me today are Jerry, Della, John, and Jeff Goodson, the creators of Space Croutons. Welcome lady and gentlemen to Van Helsing and the show. You are here today to give us the scoop regarding Space Croutons. Let's go back to the beginning. How did the podcast start? What podcast? <laughs> what? What podcast? 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 Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> we, should do, podcast. we should do that. We should do that. <laughs> That's how it started. <laughs> oh, man. And I was going to say, in a galaxy far, far away. Well, okay, then. Say it. Okay. All right. In a galaxy far, far away. That's how it started. Okay. I think it's better to say it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> as long as we okay. ended with so long and thanks for all the fish. So, so have we gone full circle yet? <laughs> Just about. <laughs> but in reality, you know, it was Jerry had the germ of an idea to start doing a podcast. Um, so... What led me into it was I was listening to another podcast um, and really enjoying how quirky it was. And honestly, the more I listened to it, the more I envisioned that the, the main character in the podcast just reminded me so much of something that, Jeff, actually characters I've seen you do before. And the more I listened to it, the, the more I, I just kept thinking that. And, and I think we brought it up in a couple of conversations between us that, that I mentioned the podcast and you know, I listened to it and stuff. And then when we got together, over the holidays, what, a year and a half ago, we were talking about it in the car. And honestly, it was the spur of the moment when I said, you know what, you're, you'd consider writing it yourself, doing doing a podcast. And uh, you got interested and said, well, I'll do it if if you'll do it. And then from there, it became a family affair. And then it was peer pressure after that, right? It was, <laughs> When, no, it, was, when, it was more sibling pressure than peer pressure. Well, and what I remember saying was that I'm interested in doing something like this, but not by myself. Please oh. help me. And you said yes. And then we just threw out there. And we should see if anybody else wants to help, too. Because right. the more uh, people involved, the, the more ideas will be put into it. And it will be better than anything that any one of us could come up with on our own. Oh, and it's definitely turned out to be that way. Yeah. John, do you have any recollection about how you got involved? Yeah, yeah. Jerry said he would sign over his royalty checks to me for the first three years if I would, uh, you know, help out. Um, so Excellent. Royalty for the first three years. Yeah, absolutely. 
But, you know, I, but I, but I, no, I, I refused. I said, no, you need to take care, you know, because, you know, you've got kids and everything. So you need to make sure you take care of them. But uh, no, it's, yeah, it's kind of, we all got together and the jury threw it out. And it sounded like a, a very interesting and fun thing to do and, and a real, uh, real good excuse to get together, everybody, on a regular basis. It, it has been a great excuse. Uh, I love it. And Della, what led you to jump in? Oh, it's definitely Jerry's fault. I would call him about something else and and he mentioned it and I'm like and asked me, invited me, and I'm like, I don't know, because you know, I'm not really a science fiction genre person. So I wasn't sure I'd be able to contribute or assist in in very much other than just, you know, as a teacher editing here and there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so That's, um that's not 100% you know, true. You that is 100% some of your true. short stories and, and shared some of your short stories with me. And once I read them, I was like, there's no way in the world we can do this without you. <laughs> well, I heartily concur that everybody involved has just made it better and better. So, and, and, and so much fun all along the way. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It has been so much fun. So. You have been working on Space Croutons for over a year now. What's been your favorite thing about doing the show? So mine has been around our brainstorming sessions. Kind of like this, we just get together and we just go kind of go wild and play off of each other. And uh, it's, it's, it's like being a kid again. So this is like the rest of your life, only now we're taking notes. <laughs> This is like the first part of my life, and I'm finally taking notes. <laughs> well, for me, I think it's been taking that time out to try to do something creative. That's always such a stress reliever for me to be creative, and I don't often just say, okay, let's do that. And so this has given me a good reason to pull some time away from something else and not waste it on frivolous things. Something that act, this may be frivolous. I don't know, but <laughs> it seems more purposeful than that. I got to admit, I hadn't thought about it the way Della had mentioned that it is a stress reliever and, and really helps you clear your thoughts and everything. But looking back on it, I found that when I sit down and write and work on these, that I actually feel more energized when I'm done mm-hmm. than I do with, you know, obviously with my day job. Yeah. There's so much of this that I really like. If I were going to name one thing, I would say the Easter eggs, the little details Ah. that we add. And we know this is actually a reference or an homage to something in our cultural past, like Monty Python's Flying Circus or movies that we like or books or even things from our personal history. Some of the numbers have, you know, specific meaning. For things in our lives and that kind of thing and we're going to talk about those easter eggs later so yeah i kind of like that too jeff the way that some things you know pertain to each each individual storyteller i also like the way that you know we can all collaborate together but at the same time i feel like all you guys will be um, not afraid to point out where things are going differently from my story you know and um uh, if I need to do something differently, it, it uh, really had been helpful to turn out some uh, some better stuff here. Interesting thoughts, John. 
I thought it was definitely an improvement when you all added me to the show in episode 5 and I thank you for that. What has surprised you most about putting this project together? <laughs> okay, Della, you get to go first. Did. That we that got we past episode 3. To, <laughs> to make as many episodes as we have, if you when we started, I'm like, yeah, I was kind of skeptical. I thought, yeah, if we do six or seven, that'll be awesome. That'll be good. <laughs> then it'll probably peter out. Here we are over a year later, and I'm like, I can't believe we're still doing it. <laughs> well, we're getting ready to go into syndication now, right? <laughs> I, I'm just impressed. You thought we'd get six or seven. I thought three. That's <laughs> where <laughs> I, I, I was. I was my smart money was on three. Oh, sorry. I overestimated. Yeah. You didn't realize it was this long of a commitment, huh? That's true. True. Well, if and they're not going to stop, I can't stop. <laughs> and now we've got, we're, we're going to have 28 episodes uh, at the end of season one, and we're planning more for season two. And uh, we're already working on those season two episodes. Yeah. We're working on those episodes? Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, in many different ways. <laughs> First, it's all in how you define working. Well, the creative process, you know, it's a mystery. Um, <laughs> it it's whatever whatever you want to define it as. I find the longer I hold my breath, the more visions I see. Okay, okay. you sure? <laughs> that, that sounds like a lack of oxygen. <laughs> there may be a lack of oxygen, but no lack of drive on your parts. What has driven you to make space croutons a reality? <laughs> uh, what drives me to make it a, a peer pressure? Yeah. Knowing that everybody else is out riding helps spur me to get motivated to uh, to put the next episode out. And then to see how all these things weave together. I'm excited to see where it goes. It is pretty awesome. I, I, I just personally like creating the reality. I mean, this is our reality that we're doing here. It's it's us. It's ours. We own it. And it's it's just awesome. Yeah. I personally was thrilled when we decided we were going to do a fiction podcast. The idea of, we're, like you said, creating a world mm -hmm. and expanding the world brings me back to what are we going to say next? Right, right. Well, what I am going to say next is to ask if you have a favorite character. Oh, probably Michael Keaton in Batman. <laughs> oh, you're saying Michael Keaton in Batman. I, I thought those are your two characters. Michael no, Keaton no, it, it, it's singular. It's singular. My favorite character. So, but yeah, I'll take either one. No, <laughs> I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Okay. How about Batman playing Michael Keaton? That would be cool. So I, I'm, I'm actually. I'd have to more. say in the podcast. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jerry. Ah, uh, uh, podcast between Sally and um, actually Vera. I like Vera. I like Vera. Sally's a close second. Vera has a unique and distinctive personality. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I yeah. really yeah. like the way that Vera came came across. Well, they're they're so. That's funny because I was going to say Vera as well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I feel obligated to pick somebody else just so that people <laughs> at least think that there are other interesting characters. Um, oh, really? So you're going to, just going to leave us hanging, huh? It's not going to be unanimous. So well, uh, the first the first that came to mind was Sally because she's she's such a learner. So there's very few limits on what she's 
going to talk about and, and what she's going to try and experience. Yeah. So that always, as, as we start a new episode, it's like, okay, what's, what's going on with Sally this time? Right. And because she shows up so often, it's, it's easy to see her growth. But you, you know who I'm anxious to see or hear about with every episode starts? Hmm. Curtis' dad. Oh. <laughs> Why did he say I this? I want to hear what Curtis' dad has to say about this particular situation. Yeah, he tends to be pretty wise in his own way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think there's a there's an opportunity for a book of just Curtis dad's sayings. I think that there would be a uh, you know, nothing else, a bunch of outtakes from Curtis dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Curtis dad's greatest hits. <laughs> Volume two. <laughs> Four CDs only for seven ninety nine. Oh, wait. And if you buy more. today. <laughs> well. I am flattered that you all like me so much. Thank you. Do you have a favorite episode? Hmm. Well, so my favorite episode, just because it was the first one I wrote and it's just so close to me, was Eternity. Yes. Uh, it meant a lot to me creatively. The characters were, were very close to me, you know, very personal. Um, I, I love the way it just kind of came together and I just, you know, I just, I can't get away from it. Yeah, I, I find that I gravitate toward the the origin episodes of a particular set of characters or a situation. Like, John, your your first one that was set in Alaska. Right, and, right. And we first discover what's happening with Aiden through right. Brittany's eyes. Uh, sticks out for me. Jerry, the one that you did that you just talked about sticks out for me. And the reporter in Eagle Rock, Della, and and the whole idea of that story and what happened and somebody was there to report on it just makes it such a clean and easy story to get into and really just sit there and enjoy it. It did. It was was very fresh. I have to credit Jared because he Mm -hmm. and I really talked and came up with some good twists because of his input and also... Jerry and I also talked about it and he gave me a great idea and about using the sayings and uh, kind of having some of them be mangled sayings, but it just kind of all came together with everybody's, everybody's help. Yeah. Those were so cool, by the way. They really were. There are songs that sponsor each episode as well as a great theme song. Say something about the music for the show. Personally, I like the uh, the theme song with the, the Neil Diamond references. <laughs> I was going to say the theme song, too, because, you know, it, it was created specifically for the show. Yeah. And it was it was an opportunity to put in pop culture references like that. Sure. To kind of ex- explain the geekiness behind the whole show. Right. So have you gotten a response back from Neil and his entourage, you know, since you're giving him the free publicity? You know, not yet. Not yet. I'm sure that I'm sure that they're working on it, though. What about the cease and desist letter? No, I haven't gotten that yet. <laughs> or a request to let him do a cover version of the song. <laughs> I was going to say the theme song mainly around. I just really love the sing along. So much fun, and it just 
came out so well and yeah very proud of it that was fun to do yeah and that's available for anybody who wants to, to listen to it is that, that on the website can you just click on it uh, yes you can okay. and the video okay. so the show is about objects with special powers where did the ideas for the objects come from so the first object i worked with the banana hanger will always have a place in my heart just because that was the first object and it was so obscure trying to figure and, out how to fit this into the story and why a banana hang and, uh, and well, why do you think it's obscure when it shows up in so many stories uh, because we're stuck with it now <laughs> uh, so i blame jeff for this it was a uh, improv exercise and Jeff had to pick an obscure object for me to run with, to, to write a story from, and that's the object he gave me. So if we're going to blame someone, he pulled this out of it, out of the air. Mm-hmm. I did. And write the story about anything you want to, as long as somewhere in there a banana hanger is mentioned. Mm-hmm. I like the way they played into the constellations, but uh, the other objects, you know, I like, like the mood ring, you know, the... the Jerry talked about obscurity of a banana hanger and, you know, nobody's seen a mood ring for eons. Mm-hmm. But when we were last sort of together out in another state, we found one in a, in a uh, kind of a little souvenir shop. And went so, nuts over it, didn't we? We yeah. restarted a trend. We did. You did. Until then, they, had, well, they weren't carrying them. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. like, you're interested in a mood ring? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> it was like a jewelry store. The which one would you like to see? Which one turns the blackest? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so now the most unique, though, has got to be the clock. The clock. Oh, the clock. Yeah. Yes. That, I think not so just the clock, that. but the way the clock is oriented in the statue of the elephant's belly. Yes. 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 It became the elephant in the room. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it did. And when you think about the processes of writing these stories, some of the objects, like Jerry, you're talking about banana hanger, was just kind of off the cuff. Let's throw this in there and see what happens. And Uh others, like the clock, really much more of a, oh, wouldn't it be cool to have this object because it could do this? Yeah, very planned out. So so how did the two-headed porter come into play? Well, again, that was another one set up by the um, improv exercise. Okay. And actually, when I put it in the first story, it was just an object that I mentioned in the story because I had to. Mm -hmm. And then it became more apparent that it was a crouton with other stories. It kind of gained a life of its own. You mentioned the use of Easter eggs in the show. Tell us more about those. I like stripes, personally. Or... Not I like Cadbury. Cadbury but, but I like Cadbury. I go, I'd yeah. go for Reese's. Easter Reese's egg. is good, you, but it's harder to find Cadbury, so you got to when you get them. But I like the Snicker Easter egg. Okay. <laughs> so, so have, you tried, have you tried oh, the Brock's candy-coated <laughs> chocolate Easter eggs? Oh, yeah. There are malted milk ball Easter eggs now. Those are good. Yeah, yeah the Robin eggs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, we have to stop talking about chocolate now. <laughs> 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 what about Easter eggs in the episodes? So one of, one of my favorites from one of the stories actually was in, of all things, Eternity, where he talks about Sorghum, the farming of Krill. That was a nod to the Mandalorian series. And it was very obscure, but anyone who was really following the series at the time would have picked up right on that. And so I just was so proud of myself. <laughs> 
I like the fact that we included the number 88 since Jake often wore that number. That was his football number, football jersey number. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. That's right. I get a kick out of a lot of the pop culture references as well, Jerry. You talked about the Mandalorian. We got references to Monty Python. We got references to This is Spinal Tap, Winnie the Pooh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, uh, Princess Bride. Uh, yeah. As you uh, wish. And, and yep. then the, the more personal things like Jake's number. So here's a question. Geocaching. That's a question. That, that's yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Documents. Let's do it. So, so, so the whole idea behind geocaching was the fact that, you know, a couple of us have done it over the years, but it just fits into our whole idea of things being lost and we're trying to find them. And it just, it just seemed to fit like a, like a, almost like a glove. So we had to at least try to work it in. So it almost like adds another dimension to your story about dimensions, huh? Uh, uh-huh, it's yeah. like interdimensional, interdimensional. Interdimensional, yeah. Or, or that be inter-interdimensional. Yeah, but it, it, it brings the listeners in and let them start hunting for these objects. This is a fiction podcast, but there are some real things in some of the stories, yes? One of the things that I get a real kick out of when we're doing these stories is when we find references to put in the story to things that really exist in the world. Right. Like, the episode where Vera and Clarissa stop in Philadelphia at the space tree. Yeah. And when I was looking for something for them to do on the way on their adventure, I found the space tree reference and thought, this is so cool. If somebody now listens to the story and then goes, well, I wonder if there really is a space tree. If they Google, they're going to find how to find this space tree that we've referenced in the story. Right. Well, and yeah, and I tried a couple of those, you know, like, you know, you spoke earlier about the episode in Alaska and the town that we set it in exists. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff is there. It's really kind of cool the way it kind of played together. So, yeah. And we're doing more of that in season two as well. So that's, yep. that's- you finished season one and there will be a season two. How long do you see yourselves doing the podcast? We're doing a Until show. Until they make us stop. <laughs> <laughs> Are they going to pay us to stop? <laughs> yeah, that's what we're waiting for. Yeah, we'll show them. Yeah, uh, I, I plan on having a uh, a microphone in my coffin. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't cost much to get us to do the show, but it will cost an awful lot to get us to stop. stop. <laughs> I'd like to thank our guests today for their insightful words on how this adventure began, and we cannot wait to see where it goes. It's great to see the unhindered flow of creative talent come to fruition, and the excitement of everyone involved renews my faith in humans everywhere. We invite everyone to listen to next season as the adventures of our friends continue. Excuse me while I answer the phone. Hello, I apologize, but you just missed our guests. Did you catch our podcast today? Yes, Sally, I heard the podcast. That's why I'm calling. I'm afraid that we don't have much time left, but if you have a quick comment, I'm sure our listeners would love to hear it. Sally, it's Aiden. Aiden, that is impossible. Aiden is a character in our podcast. Wrong. I'm Aiden Snooty. I'm a real person, not some made-up character. I don't know who you just had on your podcast, but they're not telling you everything. What do you mean? What else is there to tell? The part about this being a work of fiction? I'll call BS on that one. 
Sally, I've been there. I'm living what you've been talking about. I've met Curdy. Brittany is my friend. Believe me when I tell you that this is real. Then who are the people that were on the show today? Who knows? It doesn't really matter who they are. What matters is why they are telling this story. Why would they want to mislead your listeners? Unless... Unless what, Aiden? I know what I need to do now. There's not much time left. What are you going to do? It's better if you don't know what I'm going to do. I have to go now, Sally. I'll be in touch. Wow. Well, listeners, this will take some processing. It sounds like we'll hear from Aiden again. But until then, your guess is as good as mine. Tune in next time for... Wow, I'm not sure what'll happen next time. Just tune in and we'll find out together. is a work of original fiction. Similarities to persons, situations, or events, real or fictional, is coincidental and unintentional. Created by Jerry, Jace, John, Della, and Jeff Goodson. Entire work copyright 2020 by the authors. This has been a Goodwitch Audio Production.